Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoyed this message. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? It's good to be in the house of God tonight. I'm excited. You know, it's always a good time when I'm able to spend time in the Lord with my brothers and sisters. I, I tell you, I'm, me and my family, you know, we're trying to soak it in. Because the reality is we have about 25 more days here in Paramount with you all. About six, that's about 600 hours. It's about 36,000 minutes and about 2.1 million seconds. But who's counting? Amen. But the truth is that we're getting ready. You know what? We, we, we love home. And I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to, to share with you all tonight. Um, uh, it, it, it's really tough for us, you know, knowing that we have a few more days left. And, but we know we're doing what God, what he wants and where he wants us. And it's a blessing. And, and what, I, what I love most about being at home in this church is that we're a praying church. I'll tell you that I, I've been here about 11 years now. And I, I've come to know, you know, what it means to pray. I've come to know what it, uh, uh, when you do pray, the things that happen, you know, when, when you're seeking God. And if, you, if, you, if you're new here or if you don't know, you know, we meet on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. We come from 8 to 9 and just, just worship the Lord and we seek God for, the, for, for different things, for different needs. And then uh, we meet before service, you know, at, at uh, 8 o'clock on, Saturday, on Sunday mornings and then uh, 6.30 tonight. And, and when we do that, we seek God. Something special happens. But I will tell you this, that. Um, I remember when I first started coming, and I truly surrendered to the Lord. I'm going to read the scripture because it sounded like this when I, when I said it to the Lord. In Psalms 25, verse 1 and 2, it says, Oh, Lord, I give my life to you, and I trust, I trust in you, my God. That's what I said to the Lord when I was thinking, you know what, Lord? I just want what you have for me. And, and what I, what I, when I started coming to, to, to Praise Chapel and, I, and, and Paramount, and I started to pray, I, I, I wanted to press in, and I wanted to get more of God. I said, God, I want more of you. I learned something as I, as I started to pray. And I tell you, something special happens when you press in deeper and you, and you cry out to the Lord. So you can pray and say, God, you know, bless my life. God, cover my family. God, I plead the blood of Jesus. All this stuff, it's good things. But something special happens when you say, Lord, I need you. And, you, and there's a desperate cry behind it. And I'll tell you, uh, I believe in the power of prayer. And in Paramount, we've seen God move. Amen. We've seen God move in this place. We've seen miracles happen. We've seen uh, marriages restored. We've seen people delivered from, from bondage, from drugs. We've seen that happen in this place. We've seen alcoholics lose the taste of alcohol. We've seen people come in this church lost, and, and when they came here, they found Jesus, and they realized there's power in, the, in prayer. Amen? I'll tell you, when you come to this place and you're praying, it's a good thing. But something, something special happens when you desperately cry out to the Lord. When you desperately cry, things happen in this place. God moves. You see miracles happen when you desperately cry out to the Lord, when you're praying desperately. I, I believe that when you do that, when you say, you know what, I'm going to put down, I'm going to become vulnerable. I'm not, I'm not just going to pray because I'm here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to do that. But I'm going to do it with intention. I'm going to do it because I know God can do what I'm asking. I know that if I have a need, he can bless me. He can come through for me every time. And we know he's faithful to do that. When you, when you, when you desperately seek the Lord, I tell you, mountains move. 
When you desperately seek the Lord, the Lord heals the sick. When, when you desperately seek God, things happen in this place that, you know what, there are, it's a moment with God which changes everything. It can change everything. I tell you, in this place, when, you come, when we come to church, sometimes we come in a little casual. Sometimes we come in a little like, you know what, it's, it's the same thing. We're going to go to church because I know it's going to be good, but you're not really expecting him to move on your behalf. And I tell you, tonight, don't let it be casual. Because when I'm going to get into my message right now, I really, I really want to desperately seek the Lord with you. I want what you want in your life. I want the breakthrough that you want. I want the healing. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. We have such an amazing anointed worship team. When they come here and they worship God, you feel heaven come down. You feel heaven come down in this place. People up here worshiping with a true heart of worship. I'm telling you, when heaven comes down, seize that opportunity to spend time in the Lord and ask. Ask for what you're looking for, but don't ask it casually. Ask it because you know God can answer you, that you're in the presence of the, of the living king. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray real fast as I get started. But if you would pray with me, just pray, just close your eyes and pray with intention that you're here for a reason. God brought you here. He knew you were going to be here. So if you would, just pray with me right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. We know that you are faithful. And tonight, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit over every person in this place. Father, you know every person and you know every need tonight. And, Father, I pray for an encounter with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just flood this place, that, you, that we're just saturated. We're just a, we just bask in your glory in this time with you. I pray, Lord, as we seek you, Lord, that you would be glorified in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, church, amen. So, so as I'm talking about a desperate cry, that's what I titled this message. Because I, I, I've learned something over the, over the years that I've been here that when I come and I pray, good things happen. God moves. I feel better. The people that I'm, I see people, their lives changed. But I noticed when I, when, I, when I went a step further, when I went deeper into God's word, when I went deeper into his presence and I said, Lord, I can't do it without you. I need you to do it because I can't do it. It's not by my, my strength anymore. It's by yours. Lord, I know that apart from you, I can do nothing. And when I started doing that, I, I noticed that God started moving in my life. Now, was my life perfect? No. But I know that my, the way I lived wasn't based on my circumstance anymore. Because I knew I had purpose and I, had, and I lived with an intention. So I want to read this. Uh, if, if you have your Bibles with you and, and, or your Bible apps, I want you to turn to the book of Luke. And I'm going to read out of chapter 7. And we've heard this story before. And I'm going to read a few verses here. But... It's a, it's a desperate act that changed a woman's life. It's the woman in the alabaster jar. So if you turn there in the book of Luke chapter 7, verses 37 through 48, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. And you'll see it on the screen as well. It says, when a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them with her hair. And she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. He answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? 
Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. Can you imagine this? He turned to the woman, but he was talking to Simon. Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. I tell you this, this woman was in a desperate situation. We don't know exactly what she was going through, but she made a radical decision. She brought, she, she brought this jar in, right? It's an expensive jar, the alabaster jar with expensive perfume. Uh, some say that it was the equivalent of, of a year's wages. But she did that knowing where she was going. She was very intentional. She knew she, Jesus was going to be there, and she had to be there. And she, she knelt behind him. And she started washing. When, when, when her, she was crying, and her, her tears were, were on, his, on his feet, and she was using her hair to dry them, and she was using uh, uh, the expensive perfume. She was, she was doing this because she knew where her answers were going to be solved from. She knew what the answer was. She knew who she, who she was with. And I tell you, in her desperation, let's focus on that. In her desperation, it, it brought her to tears, but she gave her tears there, right there. She let them fall. Her dignity was right there with her on the ground. She brought all the provision. Maybe that was all she had, that alabaster jar with expensive perfume. Maybe that was, you know, a year's worth, for a lot of us, a year worth of savings all at once to use it right there at that time, to sacrifice that. She didn't care who was watching her. She didn't care uh, what they were going to say. She, all she knew is she was desperate. She was desperate. She was immoral. And, and, and what she did was she didn't go out there and say, I'm desperate, but her actions showed that she was desperate. Even when the other, when the Pharisee was kind of mocking her, Jesus defended her. Can I tell you this? When you come to the Lord and you're desperate, it doesn't matter what people think. When you come in this house and you're desperate, but you don't say it, but you know you, the way you walk around because you're, 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 maybe you're a little uptight that you're here. Maybe you didn't want to come, but you forced through because you know what? I'm desperate. Maybe, maybe God can do something. I tell you, when you come in and you pray, that's good. But when you decide to pray desperately and say, Lord, I need you. I want to come to the altar because I know you're the answer. I know you can open a door for me. I know what you can do. You can restore my marriage. My marriage is falling apart. My husband is not talking to me. My wife is not talking to me. But you could bring us together. Lord, my brother or my sister is, is battling drugs. He's battling alcohol. And they're about to waste their life away. I know you can break that addiction. When you come in and cry desperately, things change in the Lord. But it's up to you to do that. I'll tell you this, all you need to do is step out in faith and cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Who cares what anybody else says? Did you come for anybody else or did you come for Jesus? We know when, when we start worshiping the Lord, we know that heaven comes down. We know that we're in the presence of the Lord. How do you, why would you waste that time? If you have a need in this place, why would you waste time leaving again without asking? When you're in this place, I love this place because we have true worshipers, true prayer warriors, and that's why we pray so much. And this is a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer, but do you take advantage of it? Or do you come in casually and leave the way you came? I'm telling you, there's something special happening in Paramount. There's something, it's special because people come with a heart to pray because they, they've seen it. There's great testimony in here. The person sitting next to you has a great testimony that you haven't heard maybe. You haven't talked to them about it, but they can tell you what God has done for them. 
it's amazing to hear what happens in other people's lives. You might, have, you might be going through it, but you don't know what they've been through yet. I've heard it said with great testimony and great faith, there's been great testimony or great trial. Somebody that has great faith, they're living for God. You're like, man, I wish I had faith like that. But do you know what they went through? They probably went through something horrible, but they saw God move in their lives. I remember thinking things like this uh, when I was going through trials, and I'm like, you know what? It's, uh, I'm going through it right now, and, and I'm a new believer. I know I'm going through it, but, okay, they say God's going to move, but he hasn't moved yet. I've read the scripture in Psalms 30, uh, verse 5. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy for, the, for this, this, the, this month's theme. Joy. Amen. But I remember this at those times because I really hadn't cried out to the Lord. I wasn't really desperately praying. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm strong enough. I can get through it. I'm going through this route right now, but I'll get through it. I know right, you know, and then in the morning, how, how I feel, I'll get through it. If I decide to be happy or joyful, I'll get through it. I didn't realize what I was missing from the Lord. And, and I would pray, but not consistently. I would pray, but not desperately. But something happens when you decide to become vulnerable and say, Lord, I need you. When you pray desperately for the Lord, I'm telling you, things happen in your lives. I've seen it over and over. I've seen it in my life and other people's lives. When you're desperate for the Lord, nothing else matters. I'm telling you, when you spent time in the presence of the Lord and you're desperate and you ask and you see him move, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You will do whatever it takes to get an answer for your situation. You, will, you won't stop at anything. It won't matter. Like this woman in the Bible here, she's coming to Jesus at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't, nothing else matters around her. And then he says he recognizes the sacrifice that she's making, the pure heart of worship, how she's honoring the Lord. She's, she's wiping his feet. She's crying out to the Lord. He recognizes that, and he shows the, the, the Pharisee, look, look what she's doing. All of these things, she's been forgiven much, and look at her, how she loves me. Do you love the Lord like that? Maybe you feel like you haven't been forgiven yet. When you feel like you're forgiven for all the things you've done in the past, you will love the Lord, how she loves him. I'm telling you, you can give God some praise. I'm telling you. I know, I, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of believers, they don't worship the Lord because they don't feel like they're truly forgiven. They haven't been to that place where they fully surrendered on their knees. They haven't come to prayer because they think it doesn't work. It works for others but not them because maybe they're living in the same sin. I'm telling you, when you decide to cry out to the Lord, things happen. You cannot help but repent. When you're at that position of weakness and desperation on your knees, Lord, I need you because nothing else works. When you do that, things change, and all of a sudden you start to believe. Wow, Lord, you're moving. And then you start to fall more in love with him. And when you do that, you won't stop at anything to be in the, the, the presence of the Lord. That's when it happens. If, you, if you're saying this tonight, I want what they have. I want that worship. They raise their hands. They've probably been touched. Have you been touched? And it's probably because you haven't really surrendered. I'm telling you because I've been there. I've experienced that where, where I wanted that. I wanted, I wanted what anybody else had that was worshiping, worshiping the Lord. They were raising their hands, and I was like, I want that. But, man, you know, they know what I'm doing. They know what, what, you know what sin that I might have, and I couldn't really let go. But when you come to a point where you don't care anymore and say, Lord, I'm desperate. Things happen. Things change. When was the last time you did that? If you haven't done it, do it. I, I encourage you. I'm telling you, every, I know most of you in here. And my heart goes out for you because I, I want what you want. I know what it's like to be in a situation where you don't know how you're going to get out of it. 
I know, I know what it's like to, to be very, you know, be financially overburdened. I, I know what it be what it's like to have somebody sick and dying. And I've seen God move it, turn it around. I've seen God turn it around. I've seen what he does. And and it all it all started in my life with a desperate cry to the Lord. When I decided to do that, I saw things move. But what is desperation? You say, it, it really, desperation, it requires action, right? See, the definition of, de, of de, uh, desperation is it's a state of despair, typically one that results in a rash or extreme behavior. Now, now what is it to cry? I mean, we cry for a lot of different reasons. And I'll say this, that for, so a cry, it's a, it's a spontaneous response to an urgent need. It's usually centered around something specific, right? Or, or it's motivated by, by danger or fear. It's motivated, motivated by pain or a hurt. Or it's a, re, a response to a breaking news. We cry. Something makes us cry. But what do we do in that, in, that, in that situation? If you're crying and you're desperate, you have to respond to it. But people respond to it different ways. And, that, and that's where you have to be careful. But let me say this to you. All throughout the Bible, you, you'll hear people crying out to the Lord. They're crying out to the Lord because they're desperate. And I'm going to read a few verses here. Uh, real quickly, and you'll see them up on the screen. But this is what happens when, when people cry out to the Lord. It says this in Judges 3.9. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. In 1 Samuel 7.9, then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. In 1 Chronicles 5.20, they cried out to God during the battle, and he answered their prayer because they trusted him. Psalms 34.6, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him of all his troubles. I'm telling you, if that's your situation, if you're in trouble, you need to cry out to the Lord. Don't just pray casually. Don't just pray, lift up a simple prayer. Don't pray for 10 seconds or 30 seconds. Desperately get on your knees and say, let the Lord know you need him because he's the only one that can help you. He's the only one that has the answer for you. But when you do that, I'm telling you, when you do that, when you, when you release that tension, when you, when you release that desperation, the healing comes to you. When you let it out, you say, Lord, I need you. When you let the cry come out saying, you know what, I, I, I can't do anything else but seek you right now. Something special happens. And I tell you, in a situation, if you're not doing that, you can be misled or misguided. See, what happens in a, when you're desperate and you're not seeking the Lord, we make decisions in the wrong direction. And if, if you're desperate and you're not crying out to the Lord, you may, you may get so discouraged that you stop, coming, you stop praying. You get so discouraged that you might stop coming to church. Or you ultimately may, may, you just may give up on God. And then you start, we start to blame others, amen? We do that. We blame others for our situations, for things that we put ourselves in. We come to a point where we don't know what to do anymore. So we just leave because, you know what, we don't want anybody else to see us the way we're living because we're looking, we look discouraged now and we're desperate, but we don't want to do anything about it because maybe there's some pride there we don't want to let go. I'm telling you, if you haven't, it's time to cry out to the Lord. It's time to, it's time to cry out to the Lord. And let me be real with you tonight. I'm going to be real with you and I'm going to read this scripture here in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, listen to me. Let me tell you this. Sometimes we say that we're praying and that we're trusting God and we're doing, you know, we're, 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 doing, we're playing church. But we're doing that. We're praying. We're trusting God. We're going to connect. We're coming to church. But we're still dabbling in sin. Can I be honest with you and, t and tell you what the word of God says? 
It says that God will not answer you if you're still dealing with that sin, if you're still dabbling in it. It's very clear in Psalm 66, 17 through 19. It says, for I cried out to him for help, for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen, and he paid attention to my prayer. So I'm telling you, you can come to church. You can pray, but if you're still going out and doing the same things, don't expect God to answer you. I'm telling you, when you come into this church, this is a, this is a house of prayer. We like to pray. So if you want to pray, we can pray. You can find somebody that will say, I'll pray with you. If you say, you know what, I have a need, I told my wife. If somebody says to me, oh, I need prayer, pray for me, I say, let's pray right now. Why wait? But I'm telling you, when you come into this place, when you come into God's house, if you're dealing with something, it's time to give it to the Lord. It's time to confess it, to get right, because you know what, if you have a need, maybe you're not desperate enough. But when you're desperate, you say, you know what, I need, I need something. This is what I'm going through. I need help. When you do that and you seek the Lord, that's where the healing comes. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Come on. I, I, I hesitated on saying that, but it's the truth. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. If you're dabbling in sin, this is the place to get rid of it to confess it, come to the Lord and say, you know what, leave it here. I don't want it anymore because I want a better life. I want a new life. I, why do you come to church? To feel better. This is where you feel better. This is where you get better. When you come here, if you're tired and you want to come and, 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 and just receive all the Lord has for you, you have to make the first step that way. See, you're here. You've taken the first step. You're here. Why waste that opportunity? We know the Lord is here. We know the Holy Spirit has filled this house. If what I'm saying bothers you, awesome. That means you're dealing with something. That's perfect. You're in the right place at the right time right now. I know that a lot of you know my, 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 my story with my son. Um, and you knew me previous to that where uh, you know, I was coming to church and I was being faithful. But I hadn't really cried out to the Lord yet. I just want to share briefly that up until that time, you know, I was, a, we were, I was a newlywed. We were a few months married. My wife got pregnant. And right after, you know, just a few months later, you know, she developed complication. And, and she had to be rushed to the hospital. And we had our son. And I had never been in that situation where um, he, he was, when he was born, I heard them say, congratulations, it's a baby boy. And then I heard, start CPR. So I knew that, you know, they had to get his heart going because he was so small. He was only one pound and two ounces. And at that time, I remember my wife telling me, just keep praising God, babe. Just keep, that's a Holy Ghost-filled woman. Keep praising God. I'm like, how do you praise God right now? Our son is dying. She goes, because God is good. doesn't matter what you're going through. God is still good. But I tell you, this, this is what happened when I didn't have any I felt so helpless because the doctor said, right now, your wife is our patient. And now, the, now the baby's here. We'll take care of the baby. But they were focused on her, too. They wanted her better. And, but they were doing everything, whatever they could for the baby. But I was helpless. I had prayed before. But I don't think I ever prayed like that. I had, I had, been on, I had went to the Lord and asked him to help me with my finances, help me get a better job, um, help me you know, pay my bills, um, things like that. Which, which, are, which are valid prayers, right? They're valid prayers. But when I saw my son dying and the doctor said, oh, 50-50 is going to live or not, we don't know. I felt helpless. And I'm like, Lord, what, what happened? You know, may, maybe my life, maybe I deserve this, but my wife doesn't. She grew up in church. Why is this happening to her? 
But Lord, right now, if you, can, if, if you are real and if you can answer my prayer, I need you now. And when I got desperate, something changed. When I got desperate for the Lord and I said, Lord, you can do this. You can heal him. I was on my knees. I was texting everybody saying, pray for my son. Prayer works. Every day he got better. Every day he got stronger. Can I tell you something? In the NICU for four months, he never got sick. They told me he was going to get sick because he has no immune system or a very low immune system. He never got sick. They never had to give him anything. He never regressed or digressed. He never went back. He kept growing and growing and growing. And, and, and I was just, you know, praise report after praise report. I remember texting everybody, praise report. It wasn't, oh, pray because he's getting sick. No, it's praise report. He's getting better. And we're, don't stop praying. And, and I saw what happened. I saw what happened when I got desperate. I saw what happened and got desperate. And can I tell you, at the end of the, the four months, when we were excited because he was growing, now he was about five pounds. And his doctor that, that monitored him the four months, he said, well, I guess you got your miracle. And I'm like, praise God. He goes, yeah, you were very lucky. I said, I was, and his name is Jesus. And that's the truth. That was my, Jesus did it. And, I, and when, I come, when I came back, I used, to, I used to go back and visit because I was so thankful that, that God placed those nurses and doctors in that place. I went back and they would say, hey, uh, Rudy, can you talk to this mom because there's some babies that are very small. And I said, yeah, I'll talk to them if you let me. So I went in there and I'm smiling. I'm happy. And they're like, they're sad and they're like desperate looking. And I'm like, and I'm like hi, how are you? Um, how, how, how big is your son? They would say, oh, he's two pounds or three pounds. I'm like, oh, okay, praise God. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, my son was in here for about four months. They go, well, how, but how big was he? I said, it was one pound or two ounces. And, I'm, and they're like, how, how is he? And I said, he's fine. Here's this picture. Look, he's better. And they're like, what? And I said, I believe in Jesus. You know, do you believe in Jesus? And, and, and whatever the response was, I said, he's all the hope that you have right now. The doctors don't know if he's going to live or die, but Jesus does. He's the only answer you have right now to keep praying. Don't stop praying. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And they appreciate it. Can I tell you, when somebody's desperate, they won't refuse your prayer. When somebody's desperate, they have a need. They want you to pray because you've been to church. You know the Lord. They tell, used to tell me, oh, yeah, pray for me because you know God. And I had been in here, you know, just about a year or so. I didn't know God like they thought I knew God, but I know what God did for me. That's what I knew. And I, and I remember that because I used to tell people, yeah, prayer works, but I haven't seen it in my life yet. And I'm telling you, everyone in here, I'll tell you this. As you come to this church, this is the house of prayer, and you can pray, and you can pray, and God bless you because prayer works. But if you, and you, if you have something that you've been praying for and you haven't had the breakthrough that you need, have you got desperate yet? Have you got desperate for the Lord and said, Lord, I can't do it any other way but through you? I would challenge you. If that's you, that's what we need to do tonight. I want to take that time. I want to pray with you. I want to link my faith with you. I want to link my heart with you and say, Lord, you did it once, you can do it again. You did it once and you can do it again. And I want to take this, this opportunity as we have people in here. I, I want to get excited for you because I know we have the victory. I know that. And I'm going to have a, can I have the worship team come up? Because I'm going to start closing in about 20 minutes. No, I'm kidding. In a little bit. But if I can have the worship team come up because I'm going to read this uh, passage of scripture here. And it, it's about, uh, it, it's in Psalms 56, but it's David 
King David, when he was, he was seized, he was captured by the enemy. And I want to read you his prayer because it's desperate. And it's in Psalms 56, 1 through, 1 through 13. I'm going to read this. It's going to be up on the screen there. But it says this in verse 1. Oh, God, have mercy on me, for people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can, more, what can mere mortals do to me? They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. But don't, don't let them get away from their wickedness in, in, in your anger, O oh God. Bring them down. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each, and, each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. And I, I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? Oh, did I read that again? Well, I will fulfill my vows to you, O oh God, and, and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I walk in your presence, O God, in a life-giving light. You see that? He's now I walk in your presence, God, with a life-giving light. Have you said that prayer yet? Have you given the Lord praise for what he's done or what he's going to do? Because the situation that you're in is temporary. Believe that tonight is temporary. I can tell you testimony after testimony. This is a house of prayer. It's a house of praise and a house of testimony. Because there's good things that happen in this house. When you come to this house, you see this altar full because people believe. They believe God is moving. They believe God can do it. I'm telling you, get a hold of that. If you're in the back, come to the front. When there's an opportunity to worship and praise God, do it up here. It doesn't matter that God is, I mean, God is not just up here. He's back there too. But when you're here and you're with people up here, all of a sudden it's contagious. They start jumping, you start jumping. They start spinning, you start spinning. They start yelling, you start yelling. It's contagious. Don't sit in your seat when you have the opportunity to right here to, to be in the presence of the Lord with your family members. And can I tell you this? We all have the same goal. We all, we're all, we all want to go to heaven. But I will tell you this. If you're not desperate right now, if, if you're not in a desperate situation, can you get desperate for your loved one? I will tell you this. If you're in this place and you're not desperate, can you believe that are battling cancer right now? Can you get desperately and pray for those that are battling cancer right now? Can you believe and get desperate for those that are lost? Can you believe and get desperate for those going to hell that, that refuse to come, to come to the Lord? That They say, you know what, I don't need God. The reality is when, when, you, when this body dies, you go somewhere. We want to go to heaven. Would you be desperate for that family member that, that's lost and, and in the world and they're out of control? Would you get desperate for them? I know I would. And tonight, as, as I was putting this, this, this message together, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm leaving California and there's still family members I haven't reached yet. What are, they, what are they doing? I've been telling them, but they shun me. They don't invite me. What are they doing? I pray for them because I want them to be saved. I want them to know the goodness of God. Don't you want that for your family? Would you get desperate for them? Praise the Lord. Can I have everybody stand to their feet tonight? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.